Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. I think this is podcast number 41. And my name's Neil. I'm joined here with Brent. Brent, how are you? I'm well, Neil. How are you? Good. All right. It feels weird saying your name. It does. We don't, uh, say, we don't say each other's names. It does feel weird hearing my name said by my son as my first name. Yeah. Um, I could call you Goat. Would you prefer? No, I'm all right. Yeah, just Dad. Yeah, we don't want to overhype the Goat thing. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure it's real. Oh, really? <laughs> uh this is our first podcast of the playoffs Mm -hmm. and there's so much to talk about but also kind of not at the same time because the things are just getting going some teams haven't even played their second game yet uh washington and columbus haven't even played that second game yet so it's that's right it's later today we can't i don't really have a whole lot to say about about that series Um, i've only watched the one game but there's other news around the nhl as well other than playoffs, there's retirings and firings and suspensions and all kinds oh, of stuff. Fascinating news. So we're going to talk about uh, as much as we can here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to start with the Hitchcock situation. Sure. About is, is it a really a situation? Uh, it's a situation for me because four or five days ago, I filmed the report, uh, Dallas Stars report card video, oh, okay. seasonal <laughs> report card video. And in that, I fielded a question to the viewers if they thought that Hitchcock was the right coach for next year, and Oops. I gave my opinion on Hitchcock working with the same group of players next year, and uh, of course, the day later, he retired, or announces his retirement, but he coached for 22 seasons in the NHL, and uh, word on the street is that he is going to remain as a consultant with the Dallas Stars, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. I I don't know if that's a thing that happens once a week. I think that happens once a month, or it's a daily thing. I don't know what a consultant to an NHL team is. I can. We were thinking of spaghetti tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The meal the, on the the meal on the plane tonight is going to be. Yeah. I imagine it's more than that. Yeah, Ken Hitchcock's got a what twenty two year career. Twenty two years as coach. Yeah. And uh, the first, you know, really beautiful uh, moments in that career were with Dallas. Mm-hmm. And it's fitting. He's had he's a very successful around. career. Yeah. And he's a very good coach. Yeah. Stanley Cup. Yeah, Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good for him. Yeah. Um, he's he's not he's not a young pup, so it's probably no. good when he's at this point in his life to slow things down, settle down, spend some time with family and stuff. So. Oh, yeah. Um, on the other side of the coin, Alain Vigneault was fired this the night of the last game of the New York Rangers. And he made remarks in his post-game interview. Mm-hmm. I believe he said something along the lines of he feels like the coaching staff is the best in the league. Um, it's it's tough because not because some people thought that we could give it a go this season, but a tough decision had to be made. Uh, and I, people are wondering if he was let go that night based on some some of the things he said in his post-game interview. Uh, or if that was a plan all along. Well, I'm thinking more like it was probably the plan all along. I, I don't think New yeah. York is that rash and hasty of an organization that would do something like that. What I meant by that is the the plan all along was to get rid of him in the off season, oh. but not as soon as... <laughs> Accelerated it. Yeah. Because they really, are they going to put the Rangers record on the shoulders of Alain Vigneault when they announced six or eight weeks ago that the team was going to tank. Yeah. Yeah. So you start making decisions prior to the trade deadline in February. 
based on your thinking of the future. And after you make that announcement and start making those maneuvers, it's pretty hard to blame the coach after that. Well, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> When you get rid of Rick Nash or something, right? He was there for five years, which seems short. I, in my mind, he was there longer. Mm, yeah. But yeah, it's only, it was only five seasons. Uh, he had two remaining years on his contract, $8 million. So he's being paid $4 million per year. I'm not sure how a buyout works with coaches. I don't know if they get paid that full amount or if there's a disclosure or a, an agreement in the contract where if you get fired, you get 50% of your remaining years or whatever. Well, they're not under the players' collective agreement. So it's, I think every coach is on their own as far as their own agent and their own negotiations. Right. But if you sign somebody, my, I may be wrong, and I, I'm sure people will comment, if I'm on contract for another two years and they can me early, they still have to pay me. Mm. Uh, I think it's, a, they have to think they have to pay me everything. Yeah. I think, unless I sign with somebody else. Oh, it may be. So, and speaking of signing with someone else, mm -hmm. I don't think he'll be out of a job long. I mean, we just spoke about the Dallas Stars who mm -hmm. are in need of a coach now, but I, I'm wondering this, Alain Vigneault and Michel Therrien are very, very good friends. I don't know what Michel Therrien's doing right now. No, I don't know either, actually. Uh, kind of took a year off, I guess, or whatever, yeah. but they're very, very good friends. I'm wondering if they would do the whole tandem coaching somewhere. I think it would probably work out okay mm -hmm. um, because they coach very simul similarly. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. They, they could go out as a hired duo. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that'd be cool. And I don't know if they've ever coached even an international hockey on the same bench at the same I don't think time. So. But if one of them was in charge more of the offense and the other the defense, they mm. could work together as a as a group. I think it'd be all right. Yeah, I agree. I'd consider it if I were a team owner somewhere. I, I mean, I wouldn't want to see it in Montreal, but... Uh. Well, no. Um, Montreal likes to do retreads. Mm. <laughs> We've got a retread on the go now. Terrian was a two-time retread or a one-time retread. We had Vigneault. Yeah. Um, Jacques Martin was there, and now he's what? He's he's like a secondary coach in, in Ottawa Pittsburgh. or something. Or Pittsburgh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, Mark Recchi's in Pittsburgh, Thank too. As well, yeah. It's like Montreal is a great breeding ground for successful <laughs> coaches and players everywhere else in the league. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Did you, speak of Montreal, did you listen to the, the end of season press conference with uh, Molson and Bergevin? I did not. I saw the odd tweet about it, but I didn't listen to the conference itself. They talk, they talk about PK. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't know that. Basically, the cat's out of the bag now. PK leaving Montreal had nothing to do with Michelle Therrien and nothing to do with Mark Bergevin. It was a, it was a Jeff Molson decision. Really? He was thinking about trading PK Subet months before it happened. Wow. Because he felt that there was, should, should be a change. So that trade, w Mark Bergevin made that trade because of Jeff Molson, mm. not because he wanted to do it. That's pretty, uh, so, I think it's risky for Molson to step up. If it's true, it's true, but it's risky for him to step up and take that fire. Well, it's pretty, I can't swear, damn it. It's pretty terrible of him to do that to Mark Bergevin over the past year and a half or two, two almost two years now, mm -hmm. uh, taking the blame for the BK Subban trade this entire time when it wasn't even Mark Bergevin, it was Jeff Molson who... And maybe he has to shift the blame to himself now because uh, Bergevin is on the edge of being <laughs> yeah. a pariah. Mm. And if he says, well, actually, it wasn't him all along. So if you've been hating on him for the last year and a half, uh, hate on me instead, maybe to try to protect Bergevin a bit, whether it's true or not. 
throughout the the press conference, they both uh, spoke a lot about attitude of the players, and basically blamed the season on the attitude of the players. They didn't. They never took any accountability for their actions, and people are livid. Mm-hmm. Canadians fans are livid. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Wow, that's great. Cadre. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of that suspension? I thought it was maybe suspendable for a game. I would have possibly understood if someone thought he should get two. I absolutely can't believe he got three. Mm. Because you you weren't in the video with me when I talked about it. Because no. it was a night two recap. I yeah, think. and I was uh, away. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was going to be one. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, like you. I can't believe it's three. That's, uh, it makes no sense. And in the video I said how dirty of a play it was. And it was a dirty play, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I said one game suspension, two at the absolute most, and I didn't even think that was right. But three? That seems crazy. That's potentially the rest of the, the series for... Well, the way it's going, yeah, yeah it, it might be. And I wonder how much of Kadri's extra time in suspension is for historical reasons rather than the game day reasons. I'm, but look what Marshan did this year. In, in the regular season, he only got five games in the regular season. And if he, if Kadri's getting three games mm-hmm. in the playoffs, what what is that three games in, in if that happened in the regular season? Yeah, is I that don't... nine games? Is that ten games? It's probably ten, but that there's no way that was a ten game suspendable it, yeah. hit. There was a it was maybe a major a game misconduct and one more game. I would have done that. Yeah, and I think that's fairly reasonable. And I could probably entertain arguments from Toronto saying why I shouldn't even do that. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, I. I'm I I am the farthest thing from a Nazem Kadri fan. Yeah, I do not like the man. Me too. Me too. I don't like the way he plays. I I admire his talent, and he's got lots. A lot like Marshand. He's got talent, mm-hmm. but he's got no uh, off switch. The switch, yeah. And I'm I, I'm always wincing when I see him on the ice because I don't know what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Uh, this wasn't his worst offense uh, ever. Does I don't it, think. I know you're cheering for Toronto mm-hmm. in this series. I am. But does it make you angry? that, Like I, like you said, I don't like Kadri. Mm-hmm. We don't like Kadri, but it makes me angry that he got, got suspended that many games. Yeah, I wouldn't call it anger, but I would call it disappointment because Toronto, they know they need him on the ice mm-hmm. if they're going to have a chance in this series. And the, the league has stepped in and removed him from the ice for the first four games of the series, counting the game one. You think right? he's that big of a factor? I do. I do. Wow. I, I think, because he's, he's one of the few Leafs that are still around after the 2013 series. I think he had some real edge, and maybe that's what drove him to, to play the, the play he played that got him suspended a bit, but uh, he's got a, he, he had a point he wanted to prove. If they can withstand and win at least one of these first four games, and he does come back, I'm interested to see what kind of player he'll be. Hmm. But Toronto fans will always say now that they were robbed, that they didn't really lose the game on the ice, they lost it in a boardroom in New York. And it will be this unfulfilled, uh, unresolved anger in Toronto. And I'm not a Toronto fan generally, so I don't feel that anger but I was cheering for them to win this series, and I'm very disappointed. I know you're not into conspiracy theories or anything, but do you think that the NHL is out to not let Canadian teams win the Stanley Cup? No, I don't think there's anything to do with that. So you think if this happened on, if Kadri was on another team, 
an American team did the exact same play, he'd get the exact same amount of games? I think so. You'd like to hope you think so, or hope that Yeah, I guess I, I, <laughs> I'd like to hope so, but I, I actually do think so. I don't think the team affiliation on a particular hit is a relevant issue. It definitely shouldn't be, but I don't think it is anyway. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I just wanted to ask that question. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, that's the. those are the three big things that uh, I had to talk about. I do have two other things that I could mention before we get into the actual series themselves, if mm-hmm. you don't mind. Did you hear about the Jets, the Winnipeg Jets plane? Yes, I did. So <laughs> it, it did an attempting attempt, jeez, uh, <laughs> attempted landing last night. Was it in uh, St. Paul or, or Minneapolis? Or Minneapolis, yeah. And they ended up landing in Duluth yeah. or something like that. Um, I didn't hear that part. I do. I knew that some of the sports guys that are going to. Minnesota to cover the game are stuck in Chicago right now. Mm. And uh, I think it was Darren Dreger. He's he's on a plane in Chicago as we're taping this. And he said, we're going to try to make another attempt at Minneapolis here shortly, but it might be a while because I see they've just broken out the booze on the plane. Oh. <laughs> well, no, I think they landed in Duluth and then okay. made the decision that, okay, we can't get in, let's fly back to Winnipeg. Oh, So they're flying this morning to, to try and get back in, but they play today at... yeah. I don't. I don't remember what time they play. Six p.m. or something like that. Or, yeah, it's uh, six or six thirty Eastern time. That's unfortunate for. Well, it's terrible. <coughs> but it'll be, uh, it'll be an extra thing, but it'll be an extra piece of drama that will uh, go along with the game tonight. So, looking forward to it. Hmm. Yeah. What do you f- or how do you feel about the Nashville Predators always having a different country singer? doing the national anthem i have no opinion i really don't care do you would you watch it would i watch the anthem depending on who was singing it um if you if you turned on the channel and saw a country music star singing the national anthem mm-hmm. would you change the channel to a, a different hockey game uh if the other ho- game was already underway probably i i think i've given my opinion before to some so, to some heat <laughs> about my views in the national anthem, and right. a lot of people feel strongly that the national anthems, plural, if there's both countries have teams in the in the game, should be sung. Uh, to me, I'm okay with it, but it's not part of the sport that that I can't wait for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the more spectacular the national anthem is, the less it is about the national anthem, the more it is about the singer. See, that's how that's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. But in Nashville's situation. Do you think that they're choosing these mu- these country music stars for the fans in the arena, f- for the Nashville fans specifically, and how do you feel as an as a non-Nashville fan looking from the outside? Do you th- does it feel like they're kind of like bragging a little bit? Because I read some comments online okay. <clears throat> that they felt like Nashville's like, look at us, look at all the look at all the celebrities and superstars that we have here. Um, I. I don't feel that way about it. I don't either. I, I think that Nashville is Nashville, mm-hmm. like Vegas is Vegas. Exactly. In, in the LA Kings games, they often will pan the crowd, and you can see all these movie yeah, stars and other celebrities. In New York City sometimes. Yeah, New York City, Chicago. They have their share of, of uniqueness uh, mm-hmm. in each city. Nashville is Music City. If they didn't play that up, I would be surprised. Yeah, so, it's part of the whole the culture. And, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not crazy about watching it, but I'm not against it. Mm. Do what you want to do. Put uh, put anyone up there and get them to sing the anthem and, 
and do the opening ceremony thing like Vegas is doing, mm. fine. Uh, it's, yeah. I, I, I it's, thought it was an interesting argument mm. to, just to have a conversation about it, but I, I don't agree at all with yeah, that side like of the story. The, the, the opposite of that argument is for Nashville to say, well, we don't want to put anyone too good <laughs> up for the anthem, so we'll just get like a mediocre star. Maybe we'll drag someone from the Grand Old Opry yeah. who did the opening act or something. We'll get them, because we don't r- really want to ruffle any feathers. That's just dumb, right? <laughs> People get offended by everything these days. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, can we jump into the Tampa Bay, New Jersey series? That's what I want to talk about first. Sure, but we are going to talk about the Toronto-Boston series later? Uh, next, after this one. Oh, okay. That, that's fine. Great. We're going to do all the series. Perfect. Let's go. So we watched a little tiny bit of this game yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't see the ending. I kind of gave up on it because of the score. I tend to do that in playoff games when things get out of hand, unless the the, the Toronto-Boston game was a, the exception yesterday. Yeah. Um, New Tam- or Tampa Bay's firepower is relentless. Mm-hmm. Like I said in the, the series preview, you got Stamkos, you got Kucherov, you can cover those guys, but there's still Yanni Gord, there's still Point, there's still Johnson, there's still Pilat, there's still like it's mm-hmm. it's pretty crazy. And New Jersey's struggling to keep up with with that offense, uh, and they have some defensive breakdowns. Um, and they've had some bad luck. They've put the puck in their own net in weird plays. Did you see that one? Yeah, I did. It was a that was so strange. It is, yeah. And to have su- stuff like that happen mm-hmm. against a team that is already scoring so many goals, very frustrating. Uh, they are staying competitive early, though. They are early in the games. They mm-hmm. they look pretty good. They look competitive, and then it just seems to get away from them. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about. New Jersey. The law of averages is catching up to them yeah. by the end of the game. Exactly. They just can't stop at all. Yeah. And they pulled Kincaid uh, in the second game. They put Schneider in, and he stoned them after that. Schneider was lights out. You think he, he gets the start in the, in the next game? Uh, that's the question, isn't it? I, I think he may have earned it. I'm not sure exactly how many minutes he played in the game to earn mm. credit for the following game start if he gets that, but uh, New Jersey... <coughs> you know, stop the bleeding when they put him in. Mm. And I think that's something they need to think about. They have to do something to change the channel. They can't, like, you know, despite the fact New Jersey's lost these games, Taylor Hall's played very well. Yes, yeah. Heischer's played very well. Mm-hmm. You know, the team has their best line or two, have been their best line or two, and they've they've played all right. They just don't have the depth. Yeah, they've, they've had some pretty promising cycling time in the offensive zone uh, from that top line and and few others on the, on the occasion, but... You don't get that depth like Tampa Bay, Tampa can throw out any line. Vegas can throw out any line and mm-hmm. cycle the puck just as good as the first line or whatever. It's just, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of stopping the bleeding, that's probably a good segue into the Toronto-Boston game mm-hmm. because they pulled their goalie, Anderson, Toronto, pulled Anderson. Uh, I think it was four goals and five shots. Something like they, that. they pulled him, yeah. put in a McElhaney, and... Uh, I don't really blame the goaltending that much. Uh, there was a few s- goals that were pretty bad, but mm-hmm. Toronto defensively is unbelievably terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. It reminds yeah. me so much of Montreal yeah. this year. It's, it's so much. There's puck watching. They get so focused on the player with the puck that there's just Boston players in front of the net all by themselves on like every single goal. I'm sure you had a couple of Thomas Placanix flashbacks while watching <laughs> yeah. him now with Toronto, bringing his style to oh, yeah. Toronto 
and that's not necessarily a good no. thing because he was he was quite a spectator. Oh, big time! Big yeah. time! Yeah, he's not getting the, as much ice time in in Toronto as he. No, he's like did. fourth line in the in, yeah. the in the last game. I think is, he's frustrated because of that. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, now, while we're still on the series, yeah. unless you have another uh, question, uh, go ahead. No, I just I just have some other notes. Okay. Um, what did you think about Brad Marchand making <laughs> lust to Komarov? Um. Oh, kissy kissy. Uh, well, I thought it was kissy kissy, but then someone described it as a lick. Oh, licky licky. <laughs> and I now, from what I saw in the coverage last night, apparently someone in the league contacted, I think maybe Boston's management, and said, "Do what you got to do to shut this down because that's so disrespectful to the game, to the players, all the Toronto players." And I have to agree, but. I also have to admit, I laughed <laughs> yeah, when I saw it. Me I too. Just, I la- like he's such uh, an agitating sob. It's yeah. just uh, it's, it's hard to watch. And I would a lot of players I don't like. I know that I probably would like them if they were on the team I like, Montreal. Let's say he's not one of them. Yeah, yeah. As as good as he is, I would never want him on my team because I wouldn't want my team to be tainted with his antics. I know Boston fans would feel the same way. Is that right? Yeah. Well, that, that's good. I'm, I'm pleased that there are mm-hmm. because his his offensive gifts are amazing and it would be a, a, a terrible thing to have to turn your back on somebody like that. But I would. I just, I couldn't have him wearing my jersey doing those kinds of things. I heard some people talking about sexual harassment. <laughs> <laughs> like when you, it's like licking a coworker's neck. Like, but it's like going... A, in a way, they are co-workers. Yeah, they are. But, th- of course, things things change when you step on the ice. Um, you're not allowed to punch out your co-worker That's true. at work, but you can punch them out on, and only get a five-minute major That's in, true. The, in the rink. So when people go out onto the ice, they do so with a bit of a, an unwritten contract that things will happen to me in the next 60 minutes that normally wouldn't happen to me on the street or in yeah. my office. Uh, although even at that, I don't think... A licking motion it's was a, considered. It's that. an amazing sport that we watch when you can punch someone and lick someone in the same game <laughs> and it be okay. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, anyways. I actually would have considered discipline there. Unsportsmanlike? Yeah. Like a penalty or a fine? Uh, probably a fine. It's some, not something the refs caught. Right. So to, to step in with a penalty, I wouldn't give a game or anything like that. I don't think it's like at that level. But I'd fine... A, a couple of thousand dollars just to make the point, mm. I think. Yeah, okay. Um, even though the Toronto fell behind pretty bad, they really did sh- still show some resiliency, mm-hmm. and they didn't give up. No. Nope. And they started to come back in that game. They did. They they won, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think they won the second period. They scored two, and Boston only scored one. They won that period, and I think even winning a period at this stage is a, something you can build on. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, period by period. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will admit that Boston looks pretty dialed in. Um, I'm, I'm surprised. I know Boston has all the pieces, but I didn't think the pieces would be so drilled in and motivated to go. Everyone seems so confident on Boston. Really? And I don't know if that's being exploited a little bit more because of the, the, the egregious scores in both games, but mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me, um, it, they look damn good. Mm-hmm. If they play Tampa in the second round, oh man, that's going to be a 
great series. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. I'm going to love watching that. And it will, if it ends up being that matchup, mm. it'll go a long time. Like if you're talking to a, a person who's not a fan of hockey and you want to get them into hockey and you're talking about quality hockey, mm-hmm. watch this series. Yeah. 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 If that's what happens. Absolutely. Um, that's all I have for that specific series. Mm-hmm. I'm good. The Washington Columbus series, so this isn't one that we can really uh, talk about a whole lot because we've already spoken about it in a video. I don't want to talk about it all again. And there hasn't been a, another game since that mm-hmm. that video. But one thing I will note is that Grubauer is starting the game today, the second game today. Is he? Again. Okay. So, and I, I do believe that that's the right decision. I thought mm-hmm. he played very well in the first game. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, give him another shot, see what happens. Mm-hmm. It's... it's I mean, you're gonna if you lose two games at home with your backup goalie in, in net, you should probably consider starting your your main goalie, Holtby, mm-hmm. uh, on the road. Yeah. So, I, I have a feeling that this series won't be as dominated by who's the home team than other series might be. Mm-hmm. You know, Vegas, for instance, they have such an amazing home record. It'll be interesting to see how they do when they're on the road and there's game three with L.A. But Washington, Columbus, Columbus does have that home atmosphere with the cannon and all that. So, right. so And they're going to have a, a really tremendous... That's a, uh, loud, that's a loud arena. It is a loud arena. So that'll be good. But I don't think that intimidates Washington. No, I think you're right. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it does either. Yeah. Um, the Philadelphia... Wow. Pittsburgh series. That's an interesting one. Is it ever? Because... Pittsburgh is so good at home. One of the best home teams in the league. And they had that huge win over Philadelphia in the first game. Mm-hmm. And then the game the other day, it was it was a, a completely different Philadelphia team. Totally different. They were winning all of the important ba- battles. They were protecting the lead like you should protect the lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't silly and icing the puck all the time. They were getting good dump-ins, and it was textbook protecting a lead type of game uh they had chemistry they looked they didn't look worried and tired like they did in the first game they just looked like a pretty strong team uh making smart decisions and they won in pittsburgh Mm -hmm. they removed home ice advantage from from pittsburgh kind of and uh they did did you watch coach's corner during (coughs) game one i don't watch coach's corner okay well uh i hope you won't be offended when i talk about it then for a moment And I probably disagree with Don Cherry more than I agree with everything he says, but he said after, during game one, no, I guess it wasn't Coach's Corner, it would be the post-game recap where Don and Ron come on for a minute or two after the game's over. And Don Cherry said, Pittsburgh running up that score was just uh, something you you never do. You don't do that. You you don't embarrass the other team because you're going to turn them into a different team in game two. They're going to come out. they got something to do. And that's exactly what happened. I'm not saying it's because Don Cherry said so, but... He said that before, and he's been right about that He's been right. When you get up to a lead of four goals, maybe, and there's only 10 minutes left in the game, don't put out Crosby. (laughs) You know, and he actually said that. Don't put Crosby out there. Don't put Malkin out there. Give the other guys some skating time, and if you give up a goal or two, big deal. Mm. And you still win the game. That would have been probably the better move. He also said, and and this goes back, I think, to the Toronto-Boston series, that in the beginning of game two, Boston was kind of sluggish, and Toronto was with them. Right. And then there was the snow shower. Oh, yes, from uh, Kapanen. Yeah. 
And the snow, sh- and, and Don pointed to that in Coach's Corner. He said, that woke them up. Yeah. Don't do that. Even if you feel you want to, you know, <coughs> put a little uh, snow into Tuka Rask's, ma- Tuka Rask's mask. Say mm-hmm. that three times real fast. And don't do anything that they can build on. I felt the same way mm-hmm. uh, because that's not, I, I've, I've been in situations like that playing hockey and you don't want to agitate the, the other team too much because maybe they're a little docile and you want to keep them that way. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you don't poke the bear. No. And that. That's what they did. They Literally, the bear. Literally. The bear. Poke the bear. Yeah. So uh, back to the Pittsburgh Philly series. It's a series now. Mm. Phillies won in Pittsburgh. They're going to go back home to a tremendous reception in Philadelphia. They could win one or both of those games, the the Flyers, mm-hmm. I mean, and make a real series out of it. It's amazing how many people like already decided that Pittsburgh was going to win the series after the first game well, and well, completely just like, no, okay, Philadelphia doesn't have a chance. That's what I was saying because they just look so terrible. Yeah. They were just awful. And it's like, how can these same 22 guys be a different team in two nights' time. And they were. And they were. Not even two nights. It was an afternoon game, wasn't it? Yeah. And they were. They were totally different. And, uh, like, it's all about sports psychology. I wish I knew more about it. But how the heck does that happen? <laughs> how can you be such a great... How can, how can you be a goat one day? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and a worm two days before that or two days after? I don't I don't get it. Mm. Uh, the Nashville-Colorado series is is not going the way that people predicted it as far as scores and domination goes. Mm-hmm. It's, games have been pretty close. <laughs> Very competitive. It, it, the first game, if you look at the score, you think, okay, well, that wasn't really. But, I mean, if you watch the game, it was pretty close. It was competitive. Oh, yeah. Colorado's ability to come out early in a game and score that first goal mm-hmm. is huge. Like, two games in a row? Like that? That's amazing. Pecorine looked a little shaky at the beginning of these games. He did. And Colorado, I think, realizes that. And you better believe when they go back to Colorado, they're scoring the first goal in that game. Yeah. And the other thing they're able to do is when they get scored on, their next shift or two or three shifts are really strong. Yeah. They don't do what Montreal would do, (laughs) you know. Oh, we get scored on. I guess we'll just go home now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was very impressed. Uh, and McKinnon's doing his thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, They're remaining competitive throughout the entire game. Yeah. And showing some resiliency, which is oh, yeah. pretty cool to see. Yeah. Do you think Nashville is playing with their foot off the gas? Uh, I never thought of it until you've asked the question. I I can't I can't imagine that that's in anyone's psyche to do that on I, purpose. I heard some Nashville f- fans say that. Hmm. And after watching the games, I can't agree. Because it looked like they're trying pretty hard mm-hmm. to score on Colorado. And, you know, it's it's obvious when a team is not trying. To me, it was obvious that Nashville is definitely trying. And if you're playing a team like the Colorado Avalanche who are playing the way they're playing right now, if you don't have your foot on the gas, you lose that game. Mm. So Colorado has nothing to lose. No. You don't want to mm-hmm. underestimate a team that has nothing to lose. And now they're going to Denver, a mile in altitude. You've got the Avalanche who are used to playing at that altitude and have developed probably a little better lung capacity than the rest of the league. And you've got a road team going in there who's going to be huffing and puffing in the third period. Something to think about. Hmm. Do you think that, do you think there's actually a, 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 a factor in, in athletes oh, when it comes to? Certainly. I have, I have no, no doubt in my mind. Some athletes 
I know they, they train. They train yeah. there because when they get down to sea level, they have better, mm. uh, better oxygenation in their blood and can do more. It's the same with testing cars. Mm-hmm. I think they test cars at high elevations and then low elevations, and like it, there's a whole science behind it. Oh yeah, it's so. Well, flying a flying an airplane. Yeah. yeah. When you get over three thousand feet in, in a piston-powered airplane, you have to adjust the mixture of the fuel to the air so that it will still fly efficiently. Otherwise you have too much gas per yeah. per air molecule and the, and the plane will run uh, less efficiently. The engine will not run as high a temperature as it should and not other things. oxygen. So, yeah, and that's only at 3,000 feet. So the human body is, is a machine and needs to be looked after, hmm. notwithstanding <laughs> what I've done with mine. But <laughs> <coughs> Same with the big reason helicopters can't uh, fly too, too high. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's a couple of specific helicopters that there's some that can get up there with uh, superchargers, turbochargers. Yeah, but uh, the ge- the general helicopter. Yeah, your regular Whirlybird. Whirlybird <laughs> doesn't get very high. <laughs> they still get up several thousand feet. Yeah, but well, yeah, yeah. They're not going to take you up to the top of Mount Everest and save no. you the work. No. <laughs> there's a video. Uh, this is super off topic. Sorry about this, guys. But there's a video of a, a helicopter on the top of a mountain, trying to get to the top of the mountain but he's like he's right there at the and he's at the like he is really trying to to get some elevation and he just can't get to mm-hmm. like he's five feet away from get being high enough to land on this spot uh, you've never seen that video i haven't no that's at the top of a mountain i can't remember what mountain it is it's like at the base camp to mm-hmm. it's not everest but it's a base camp to somewhere it's a whatever but, uh anyways he finally does do it in case you're wondering how it ends. Well, I, I kind of <laughs> was, yeah. <laughs> uh, Minnesota and Winnipeg. Mm. Do you think Minnesota looks tired? Or do you think it's it just feels that way because of the relentless attacking of... Like, I, I think it's the second. Yeah. yeah. I, when you're, I think any team playing Winnipeg is going to look a, a second behind. Winnipeg is just winning so many battles. They're the first to arrive in the puck. When, when it's 50-50... Mm even negating icings and things like that. They just have so much jump. There's so much. It, it's, 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 it's everywhere on the ice. It's everywhere. not just a, an offensive relentless attack. It's a physical mm-hmm. relentless attack as well. Yeah. Uh, they're throwing their body around it, because of the physicality and winning the puck battles and stuff. The shot, the score, the shot, the shot clock is Have you Do you know the shot difference between that series? No. It's 88 to 37 <laughs> and both games. Winnipeg has gotten more shots. Like in, in one of the, pick any of the games, Winnipeg has gotten more shots in, in any one of the games than Minnesota has in both of the games. Wow. So <laughs> it's it's pretty remarkable. And, and Dubnik has been amazing. He has been absolutely, absolutely amazing. Incredible. And I, of all the people on the wild team, I feel the worst for him mm-hmm. because he has played. <coughs> exceptional hockey and not come out with a win in mm. two games and that's unfortunate because it's it's not an accurate measure of his talent or his ethic i agree yeah, yeah. uh it, it's a great series to watch though if you haven't watched any of that series please go watch it mm-hmm. it's it's awesome and that when they get back to st paul or wh- wherever they play it's going to be loud because oh, yeah. that that arena is loud so yeah winnipeg's going to be in a different environment they sure are and because of the proximity of Manitoba and Minnesota, they actually border each other. Um, and there's there's some back and forth there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will be 
hopefully if they can get through the storms, mm. you know, some Winnipeg fans who get down to to uh, to the rink. But even if they don't, they're not that far from home. And as we talked about in one of the uh, video shows, there's, Minnesota is the hockey state. And Winnipeg and Manitoba, they consider themselves rooted in the, in the culture as well. Mm. Um, it's a very... I'm not going to say friendly rivalry. It's probably very anything but friendly. But these people understand each other very well. Yeah, definitely. They're the same folks mm-hmm. uh, genetically. Uh, they've come from the same uh, immigration streams via different routings, you know. But in in Minnesota, there's lots of uh, Swedish folk and Dutch folk yeah. and uh, Scandinavians generally, though, especially. And the same thing with Manitoba. There's... There's Icelandic people there. Mm-hmm. There's uh, Scandinavians and Ukrainians. It's uh, yeah, t- the typical Minnesota accent is very close to a typical Canadian accent. There are people from Minnesota that get accused of being mm-hmm. Canadians. Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's it's a great series. You're right. Uh, if you haven't watched this one and you have a choice, that's yeah, that's even, one. Even if you have ten minutes, yeah. please just for ten <clears throat> minutes watch this series. Mm-hmm. It's really good. The Vegas Golden Knights wow. versus the Los Angeles Kings. What an unbelievable series this is. Fantastic. I want to talk about John the Quick first mm-hmm. because his what he is doing in that, in these games, is biblical. Yeah. Like, it, it's unbelievable. All the nice things we just said about Dubnik a while ago, double that yeah. and apply it to Quick. It reminds me when Canada played <clears throat> Latvia in the Sochi Olympics. I think it was Sochi. Yeah. And I can't remember his name. I always forget it. But Canada had like 57 shots, and it was just 2-1 for Canada. Like this, the performance that that goalie gave in that game reminds me of what Quick is doing mm-hmm. in these games against LA. And it's not just like the shots are 84 to 60 for, for Vegas over um, LA in both those games. And that second game had two extra periods. Yeah. <laughs> it's the quality of saves that he's... It's, it's a quality of shots that's coming his way. It's not just easy saves. Like these are highlight reel acrobatic lateral saves that n- no one has business saving. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a thing of beauty. If he wasn't the LA goalie, this series would be the same, two mm-hmm. nothing. But the, the the goal differential would be <coughs> four or five goals a game. Mm-hmm. It would have to be because there's not another human on the planet that's playing as well as he is right now in net. And yet he's he's 0-2. If Jonathan Quick was a Toronto Maple Leafs goalie, Toronto would be up 2-0 in that series. Yeah, I think I th- I'd agree with that. Because Toronto has the offense mm-hmm. and the resiliency. They're showing yeah. it. If, yeah, if they can keep pucks out of their net, they would be up in Boston. But, and, but LA still can't win. They still can't win. <laughs> and that... That overtime winner in the in the second overtime yeah. period, uh, it just someone had to give up. Someone did, and unfortunately for LA, it was quick. I'm pulling for Vegas in the series. I was not at all disappointed, mm. but I was on the edge of my seat. I watched on tape delay. I had a PVR situation because I woke. I couldn't stay up that late, so I got up yesterday morning and watched it in fast forward mode until we got to the overtimes. And I actually watched them in regular speed. Mm-hmm. Even though I didn't really have time to do it, I stayed and watched because it was so good. Mm. <clears throat> and then I guess I was telling you yesterday, the PVR recording timing right. ended after the first overtime. 
And the recording actually stopped just at the second overtime was beginning. Yeah. So I found a way to get over to the NHL channel, to the on-demand or whatever, and I put my hand in front of my face between me and the TV screen and just kind of looked around the edges to navigate the Roku remote to get to that highlight zone for that second period. So I, I did watch the second period in highlight mode because that's all I had available. Mm. Uh, otherwise, I would have seen this. I didn't want to see the score. Uh, I really wanted to find out like a fan found out. Right. And it was it was glorious. It was great. <laughs> it, and with all this that said, being said uh, to, to Quick and stuff, Flurry's played pretty damn well. He hasn't been tested as much, but he has. When he has been tested, he's come up super. Very well, yeah. Super. Uh, Vegas's line matching, which isn't even in existence because they don't line match because they don't have to. Mm-hmm. I, again, I need to stress that point of how effective and deep that team is because they can roll any line and be totally fine. Last question I have for this series for you, unless you have something else to talk about. No, go ahead. If they get by, if they, do you think there's a movie that's going to get made about the team if they lose this series? Vegas? Yeah. If they lose the series? They lose this series. Will a movie be made? Um, I haven't thought of, I, I, I don't know if I'm equipped to have If they win this series, do you think a movie will be made? I think if they win this series and lose the next one, I don't know. I don't think a movie gets made unless they go all the way and win everything. Really? Yeah. I, I can't see um, I, I can't see it being nearly as compelling a story if they get beat, hmm. even in the finals. All right. Maybe in the finals. If they made it to the finals and lost, there may still be movie material there. It, look, if they made a movie, even after this first series, no matter what happened, I'd go to the movie. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would do well in the theater. It would be awesome. Yeah. Um, Anaheim, San Jose. Mm-hmm. That's a. It, I know that uh, that San Jose is up to nothing now, but that series is way closer than it looks to be. Yeah. Uh, as people predicted, it's the closest of any series probably. Mm-hmm. San Jose showing its depth. Uh, again, kind of ability to roll all four lines and and be okay with that. Gibson and Jones have both looked un- unbelievable mm-hmm. um, at times. Uh, Anaheim still showing resiliency, coming back in games still being competitive in games even though they're down. Um, but San, uh, San Jose winning twice mm-hmm. at or on the road mm-hmm. is, I mean. It's massive. If you're, if you're <clears throat> Vegas or L.A., knowing you're gonna, you could potentially play San Jose, who just won two road games, mm-hmm. I think you got to be a little worried. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. You, you don't want to face a good road team in the playoffs. That's the, wor- that's the worst nightmare. Especially if if you have home ice advantage exactly, on them, yeah. and and they're going to go in and steal one or two before the series even gets rolling, mm-hmm. uh, that's a big mountain to climb if that happens. I, I I know you don't get to watch a lot of that series because it's on so late. I watched all it, of the game but, last night. But yeah, you did watch the I game did, last yeah. night, uh, and you enjoyed it. You said uh, you, very much. Yeah, really liked it. At three one, <coughs> it looked like the game was going to be out of reach, mm-hmm. and then. Anaheim comes back and gets that second goal and 3-2 and they played it, you know, for an extended period of time at 3-2, pulled the goalie when they needed to and put him back in, pulled him again and, and it was close. It was pucks bouncing everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was, it was great stuff. Which team did you find yourself liking more since you don't get to really watch these teams too much? Um, if you weren't influenced by the score. 
I like I like San Jose more. Heck yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm 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 I didn't I, I it's kind of, I'm I'm trying to dig up names of people. I I don't like Corey Perry's game. Okay. And I not many people do. He's an agitator. Yeah, I really don't like his game. And and I saw some things from him in the game last night that if I was on the fence about who I was cheering for, that would move me. Okay. Away from Corey Perry. Hmm. I really don't like his game. And uh, that would do it. Now there's others I do like Raquel and people like that, like you do. Uh, but I just don't. I don't I, like Ryan Kessler. I and that's the other one. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's it. the two of them on one team. That's just, see ya, <laughs> see ya. If they go, fine. That's, you know, if they win, if they end up coming back and winning in the series, I'm not going to lose mm-hmm. any sleep. But uh, I don't want to see those guys with a cup in their hand. Oh. I don't. I, I understand that. I understand that, yep. Um, that's all I have. <clears throat> For the whole thing? For the whole thing. I'm just going to add that uh, San Jose has not had Joe Thornton yet. That's true. And he You're missed right. 35 games in the at the end of the regular season. And we knew he was close to coming back and in the pregame warm-up for game one he actually came out and took the skate mm. but he didn't end up playing and he didn't play in the game last night either so he may be close and when he does come back he may not have much but he's done that before where he's come back after an extended absence and he's super mm. <clears throat> he's old but he's still so effective 20-year career yeah. 20 years that's crazy and it would be a great story if he were to come back and not only come back and get get in the lineup but play a role of yeah, some kind. Exactly. He's in good physical condition. So oh, tremendous. Kind of like Chara. Yeah. Old, old, but in, in peak physical condition. Yeah. So I am waiting for him to come back mm. uh, while the series is still going and maybe be a, be a player in this as they move on. This is uh, wonderful. Um, we already talked about the Doughty suspension in a video, so we didn't, we don't really need to cover it here, but uh, that's over with now. <clears throat> Do you so. think that the game would have gone differently? Game two would have gone differently if Dowdy was in the lineup. Do you think? Do you think LA would have won, or do you think Vegas would have won sooner? I. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, I think that I don't think the outcome would have been different. I I agree actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It it might have been a little closer, or it might have been a little farther away. Because if he did something boneheaded and got a five minute or a double minor or something like that, mm-hmm. and Vegas puts two in the net, then they they do <laughs> maybe win it quicker. It's early sta- early stages, <clears throat> but uh, it's interesting to look at the leading playoff scorers right now. They have all of the first four have something in common. They all play for Pittsburgh. No, Pasternak, Marshall, right, Bergeron, Boston. and Krug. Yeah, Pasternak has nine points in two games. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. He's a plus six. I don't think I took him in my fantasy pool. Yeah, and of those nine points, four of them are goals. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Marchand has six points. Bergeron and Krug are tied with five. You have to go down to four points, Nikita Kucherov, before you find someone who's not a Bruin in the mm. top five is scoring. But two of his four are goals, so that's not too bad at all. Goalies. Marc-Andre Fleury, a 9.83 save percentage and a 0.39 goals against average. That's what happens when you get a shutout and then mm-hmm. you get a, a tight one. Um, just unbelievable. Uh, Jones is not too far behind. Nine six four save percentage, and a one dot zero zero goals against average. So that's pretty darn good oh, too. Oh yeah, <coughs> yeah. Because Anaheim didn't score in that first game mm-hmm. at home. Yeah. Um, Toronto 
in the two games that they've played against Boston, they've had 17 more minutes of penalties. Really? To kill. Hmm. 17. So you take that 17 minutes and you wipe that out. Toronto doesn't go in the box as much. Those games do get quite a bit closer, I think. Now, I don't know what the per, you know power play percentage was, but Boston's uh, got, you know, they're 50% in the power play. They've had 10 power plays and they've scored on five of them. Mm. <coughs> 17 minutes. 17 minutes. So you take those five goals away and make them more five on five. Boston, I think, still wins uh, and ha- probably wins handily, but I think the games are closer. What percentage is that? Uh, what? For the Boston? For the, if you think about that amount of time in both games it's almost one-sixth yeah 17 minutes out of 120 so yeah it's almost 15 percent or something yeah it's almost yeah it's about uh it's about 15 14 or 15 it's pretty significant it's very significant now boston has had some penalties of their own they've had 16 minutes in penalties but toronto's had 33 minutes so unless you've got coincidental minors toronto's actually been shorthanded for 33 minutes out of 120 Hmm. Unless there were some uh, some coincidentals, and I, don't, I didn't track it that closely, but uh, I think that's a factor. That's definitely a factor, yeah. Uh, power play, Tampa Bay Lightning right now, 75% on the power play. Oh, yeah. Four power plays, they've scored three goals. That's probably better than <laughs> some team's penalty kill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Columbus is doing too, uh, quite well, too. They've got two goals on four power plays for 50% on the power play so far. But it's only two games. Like, fluky things happen in the first right. couple of games. The statistical stuff is really hard to pin. So mm. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, my, th- sorry? I was going to say, by the time that people are listening to this, that game's probably going to be over. But, yeah, that's right. Which is a little frustrating for the listener or the viewer, but... yeah. But it is what it is. We this is the process. That the we pod, don't do the podcast, podcast live. No, that's podcasts don't work that way. No, that's, <laughs> an, that's an impossibility at the moment. <laughs> yeah, as far as penalties overall, the most penalized team for minors in the first uh, two games of the series, if you don't count the Columbus Washington series, is the Anaheim Ducks. Eleven minor yeah, penalties. Yeah, they've been <clears throat> in some big trouble. Yeah, and uh, maybe some of the people I spoke about a little while ago are responsible for some of those totals. I don't know. I'm not sure who that was. It's my stomach. It was you. Yeah. Thank goodness. That's terrible. I don't. I don't know if they can hear that. Oh, I on the mic. But. I heard it in my earphones, <laughs> so you're, you're gonna hear it. If you I'm heard hungry. what you what you thought was a dinosaur, um, <laughs> that that was Neil's uh, esophagus, or below. Yeah, I'm hungry. Um, uh, I want to talk a little bit about other hockey. It because we're based here in the home zone of the Charlottetown Islanders in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Mm. And the QMJHL is now down to what will soon become the final four. Right now it's the final five because one of the series isn't quite done. I'll talk about right. that in a minute. But Charlottetown started off in a series against the Quebec Rempire, which is the the team with the biggest attendance in the league because they play in the big Videotron Center. It's mm-hmm. like 10 or 15,000 people come out to those games. Charlottetown took them all the way to game seven on the road, if I'm not mistaken, and beat them to go into the second round against the Halifax Mooseheads and is it Zadina? Yeah, Zadina. Who is Philip Zadina. Philip Zadina, who could be the number one pick. Could be, potentially. He's I think he's slated second or third at the moment. Mm-hmm. So a real talent. Yeah. But uh, the Halifax was going to basically thought to sweep or dominate that series. Oh, yes. Charlottetown swept them four games <laughs> straight. Unbelievable. 
It's crazy. I think one of the games went to overtime, if I'm not mistaken. Or yeah, was, you're right. Yeah. yeah, but otherwise Charlottetown was dominant. And now Charlottetown plays the team that we watched them play earlier in the season, the Blainville Boisbriand Armada mm. with uh, Alex Barry Boulay, uh, who's by far the highest scoring player in the league this year and is not drafted. He's mm. several years past his draft eligibility. He's a smaller player and no one has drafted him and no one has signed him. But uh, I can't imagine that, that that will continue. This is his last year of junior, I think. Oh, I'm sure he'll get some looks. I'm sure there's scouts in the stands. There, there will have to be. I think he did have some conversations already with Vegas. Ah. Uh, this would be back early in the season or prior to the beginning of the season, if I read correctly. I see nothing on paper about that. So they don't have a claim on him. They don't have his rights or anything, but I think they did have a chat. Interesting. So I don't know, but man, he's, uh, he's something else. So Charlottetown really has their work cut out for them this time. But if they win the series, they'll be in the finals for the QMJHL which is well above what anyone thought they would ever do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because Charlottetown has, I think they finished ninth in the league this season. So they didn't get home ice advantage in any of the playoff series that they've had. Yeah. But they've won the first two and they won't get home ice in this one. There's no way they beat the Armada. I just can't see it. And, and I, I, my mind agrees with you. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, they started on the road. They don't start, I think, for, for several more days. Because mm. when you sweep somebody, you have to wait for the rest of the league <laughs> to catch up. Exactly. Blainville did well, too. They they beat the Moncton Wildcats four games to one. So that was a virtual sweep. Yeah. Took them one extra game. So they're sitting and waiting. So it looks like next weekend before they get cranking on that series. But mm. uh, we'll see. And on the other side, the Acadie Bathers Titan uh, swept their opponent to get into the final four. That was the Sherbrooke Phoenix. Right. So Bathurst playing really good hockey. The other series is still underway. The Victoriaville Tigre, uh, they're up 3-1 on Drummondville, the Drummondville Voltigers, and they play uh, game five today. So we'll see. Cool. Yeah, good stuff. In the uh, EIHL, there's a champion. Uh, is there a returning champion? Uh, I don't I think they're returning. It's the Cardiff Devils. They beat the Sheffield Steelers 3-1 several too. days ago. Oh, maybe they did. I wasn't really following last year and I didn't look back. That's true. <laughs> yeah, but Cardiff uh, beat Sheffield 3-1 and uh, th that's a champion. Now, hockey's not over. There, there's a, a special champion league type games, country-to-country uh, -country games that happen in the next month or two. So there's still hockey going on, but the actual EIHL looks like it's... Uh, done its thing for the year. Mm. So good for them. Congratulations. In the KHL, this is interesting. And then we spoke briefly about this because you plan to do a little piece mm. on it in the yeah. coming days. I think so. I'd like to. The uh, Akbar's Kazan team is up 2-1. <laughs> My Bellasaurus Rex is a... <laughs> Bellasaurus Rex. Yeah. The podcast being brought to you by three hosts today. <laughs> Um, Akbars is up on CSKA, two games to one. And game th four is uh, Monday, and game five is Wednesday. But interestingly, the video we had earlier, several weeks ago, mm. uh, was talking about someone's opinion that the f they thought the fix was in and that SKA was going to win the entire league. And now they've actually bowed out prior to the final round because CSKA beat them. Exactly. So we'll, ha we'll have more to say on that. Yeah, definitely. We'll save the majority of the conversation for that specific video. Mm -hmm. Now, other things not being known or researched by me, I'm naturally going to be pulling for Akbar's. 
because of Markov. Andre Markov is playing, right? And it would be great for him to have a championship in his belt. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, after all the years he played and didn't get one with Montreal, so mm. uh, for him to have a, a KHL Cup, whatever they call that cup, uh, that would be awesome. So I, I hope they win. I think it's the vodka cup. <laughs> well, it's probably what's in it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's the name of it, but uh, yeah. Anything else? On the hockey front, I don't believe I have anything else at this time. You want to talk some soccer or something? Uh, not particularly. What do you want to talk about? No. <laughs> well, I, I guess everything else would be for the Having a Yak uh, podcast for next well, week. If you got something fresh, hit me with it. Well, I, I actually, now I'm now you're putting the spotlight on me. Oh, I'm getting starting shy. To, I'm starting to come up dry and shy. Okay. Um, are you, with the playoffs going as they are and there being so much news in hockey, uh, are you still content with doing the alternating weeks for having a yak versus the hockey one? Uh, I love doing having a yak. It's the easiest thing on the planet because I just sit here and you ask me questions. Yeah, exactly. And I offer up dumb, dumb answers. I don't know. What do you think? I, well, next week, I would be content actually with doing both. With doing both? Yeah. If you have enough questions that have come up in the comments for having a yak, and we have an hour that we want to throw at it. Uh, I'm cool with that. Problem is I won't be here. <laughs> well, that makes things a little more difficult. I'm going to it? Halifax. You're going to Halifax. And you're going to Moncton the following weekend. I'm going to Moncton the following weekend. <coughs> and, and then off to Nova Scotia on the Saturday myself the following weekend. So okay. I'll be home both Sundays, but, I but you won't. I will be home late next Sunday. So maybe earlier, like Thursday night, let's say, we could tape Havaniac and you could just schedule it for release on Sunday. Yeah, I can do that. All right. We got a deal. So but we'll still release next week. No hockey podcast. But it won't be hockey. Just kind of like usual. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. We'll uh, we'll do some hockey videos throughout the week as well, so people get their fix if they if that's what they're looking for. Um, but yeah, I think that's it for today, unless you have anything else. I don't. I'm just, uh, I'm very happy so far with what I'm seeing in the playoffs. Mm. I think that the teams that deserve to be in the playoffs are there. Mm. I think Colorado is providing very good uh, hockey against Nashville, and I don't yeah. think St. Louis would have been uh, able to bring it like Colorado's brought it. I agree. Yeah, yeah. so I, I'm, I'm kind of happy they're there, even though I was mostly cheering for St. Louis this time. Me too, yeah. Uh, but I think Colorado's acquitted themselves very well. Mm. All right, well, thanks, guys, for watching and listening. If you are listening on iTunes or something like that, feel free to, to leave a review for us. If you're watching on YouTube and you're not subscribed, I hope you can hit that subscribe button down below and hit that like button as well. That helps us a lot. And uh, yeah, like like we just discussed, we'll film the Having a Yak version of this podcast uh, this coming week, which will release uh, one week from today. So thanks for watching, and I hope you plan on watching lots of hockey today or very soon, whenever you're listening to this. Um, hope you're having fun with the playoffs, because we are. So uh, we'll see you in the next one. Adios.